This is Face the Music, an ELO song-by-song podcast. Episode 103, Hold On Tight. Tight is a 12th track on time, 6th song on side 2. In a 1981 episode of Interview with Jim Ladd, Jeff Lynne said, After all this weirdness he's gone through, there's still some hope. That's really what it was for, yeah? Because it was getting a bit doomer, so, hey man, let's get some happiness going. Oh, I got a French nanny. She wrote the words out for me before I went off to Germany to record it. I mean, it's not all there, down there. In the liner notes from the 2001 remaster of Time, Jeff Lynne wrote, This is one of my jolliest songs, but I do like the sound of it. In a 1981 interview on Perth Radio 6pm, Bev Bevan said, We thought we'd have an ending that which was really an old, corny sort of ending. It's set in again like a futuristic club with an old rock and roll band playing it. In an August 29th, 2010 interview on Isle of Wight Radio, Bev Bevan said, I suppose that's one of the last really big hits. It's got a very 60s rock and roll feel to it, which is quite apt, really. In the liner notes for the 1990 box set Afterglow, Ira Robbins wrote, Amid the roboticized processed vocals of 1981's time, Lynn renews his vows to classic rock and roll with Hold On Tight, a bilingual humdinger that became ELO's last top 10 single. In 2006, it was used in the My Name is Earl episode number one, as well as being featured in Tom Hanks' Julia Roberts movie, Larry Crown. As far as ad campaigns, it was used in the quintessential 80s industry promoting Coffee Achievers ad campaign in the mid 80s, in the AmeriQuest Mortgage Company commercial in 2005 and in the Honda Accord commercial of 2007. Hold on tight, Lassie. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm holding on tight to my dream. Because the wife won't hold on tight to it. <clears throat> yes, anyway. <laughs> Otherwise, I love this song. It is a great song, despite Jeff Lynne's comments of trying to maybe shoehorn it into the story, saying, oh, it's being performed in a futuristic club. No, it just sounds like it's out of nowhere and has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the album, except that when Jeff Lynne came in wearing his chains that would jingle, <laughs> the A&R men said that he didn't hear a single. So, hold on tight, it was. I love the buzzsaw guitar at the beginning. If you want to get on the radio and get somebody's attention, that yeah, that yeah. that can get your attention there. Yeah, that'll do that, it. And then Bev Bevan playing a nice little rockabilly shuffle on that, and we just completely eschew all the electronics and keyboards and everything, and we're back down to a nice little organic song, no strings, but it still sounds like ELO. That's why I don't understand why I was reading on the Jefflin database that some DJs were going, "Hey, I bet you can't guess who this is." <laughs> oh, no, 
uh, no, no, that, that, that's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> the vocal arrangement on itself. Mm-hmm. There may not be any strings, but the vocal arrangement and the production quality, that's Jeff Lynne and that's yellow. You, you, you can tell Jeff Lynne's production a mile away. I remember when this came out. It was summer 81. And yeah, it's a freaking Stone Cold Awesome song. Just that guitar at the parts. It's like you're on one of those roller coasters that goes from 0 to 60 in 0.1 seconds. It just takes off and it doesn't slow down. It just grabs and runs with it and takes you with it. And you have no choice to go with it because you're already belted in and you're there for the ride. And it is a really fun ride. And it's rockabilly. And the reason why I say it like that is because I'm thinking, is this the first time ELO's done a rockabilly song? Because just glancing over the discography in my head, it seems like it is. And it would be kind of weird that it took 95 songs not including the live stuff, that it would take this long for them to do kind of a rockabilly-ish song. I mean, even Roll Over Beethoven wasn't rockabilly. That was straight on hardcore of just plain rock. So it seemed kind of weird to me that it took 10 years, because they like all that old stuff too, but it took them 10 years to get to a rockabilly sound. Yeah, it did, and then of course they went, hey, we like this sound, and yeah, it ended up going into the next album. Hold on tight, uh... Even though I don't think it has a lot to do with the rest of the concept of the album, that can tell you, if you throw something in that's completely left field and just sounds out of place, but you're still going, who cares, it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you, you know you did something right there. Yeah. So it's just one of those tunes that I can't help but hum along with, and of course it gets stuck in your head, especially the French part, which is just the same lyrics in French. Yeah, pretty much. It's nothing special. No satanic messages or messages about surrendering or eating cheese. Mm -hmm. It's just the same lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I love the French, by the way. I just, before Eric completely alienates any French listeners we have, I thought you guys did great work there in the prison camp. The heroes wouldn't have been the heroes that they were if it wasn't for LeBeau. So hooray for the French and their cooking. To me, this song always did feel like it was jammed into the story because I can't quite see how it fits because this is an, an album where the guy is just, oh my god, I'm in the future. Sure, it's cool, but I ain't got my baby with me, and I'm really bummed out about that. And then to the end, blasts in this happy peppy song about holding on tight to your dreams, and I'm kind of like, how does that relate? I'm going to guess maybe it's that when you're in a situation that seems hopeless, don't give up, hold on tight to your dreams. Your dream of going back to 1981 could happen. Just don't give up, man. Don't give up. So I'm going to say... Maybe that's how it applies, and then leave it there. Yeah, it's almost kind of like the entire rest of the album was a verse from Horace Wimp, and all of a sudden, this is the voice. (laughs) Hey, you've been going on for 40 minutes about how bummed out you are. Listen to me. Things are going to be good. You just got to get to the time transporter, whatever you got to do to get your life back. By the way, I also like the video for this. It's corny, but they did it right. I mean, here's the news. They just seemed uncomfortable. For all that they were doing in it, they did not seem comfortable. Here, the few brief appearances they make just doing different styles of hanging around lip-syncing and miming and everything, they seem a little bit more comfortable with it because that's what they did in all their 70s videos. Yeah. But the fake movie thing, it actually kind of works, and it's fun. It's not forced fun. It's actually just fun. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a video for this until YouTube came around. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. It goes through a lot of... 1930s type movie serials it's nice to see that ELO is in these scenes but it doesn't feel like they're jammed in it's like they're part of the band at the lounge and Jeff is kind of doing that uh, lounge lizard act a little bit there's also some choreography dancing not much 
They just kind of stand there and bounce and swing their arms back and forth a little bit. It's a great video that's a lot of fun. So there's something else about this song. I don't like it, but if you were alive and aware of your surroundings in the mid-80s, this has become welded to the song. It was used in those stupid, stupid, stupid commercials for being a coffee achiever. But I usually rather sit around the house and watch Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> oh, see? At least it led to a, a good Weird Al Yankovic lyric. Yeah, it was a commercial and you got celebrities and there's Hart working on their next album and they're all drinking coffee and sports players running around while a voice says, be part of the coffee achiever generation. Coffee, it picks you up and calms you down and makes life wonderful and great. Although for me, from what I've noticed, coffee seems to be associated with misery. It's usually drank by brooding artists and poets. But hey! <laughs> You, you notice I drink a lot of coffee, don't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's drank by people who hate their job because they got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, so they got to drink this stuff to get through it. As <laughs> I know that there are people who love coffee just for coffee. Our song facts girl, for instance, is going to reach for the internet and slap me for saying that coffee is for miserable people because she loves coffee. But that it picks you up and calms you down? I don't really know how something can do both of those at the same time. Well, keep in mind that a lot of the people that they had on the Coffee Achiever commercials, the reason they were drinking coffee is because it was what was served in their Al-Anon and Narconon meetings. That could be too. And <laughs> other than cigarettes at the time, it was what they were allowed to consume, <laughs> right. at least by court order. Right. So. And it did bug me at the time, partly because what does this have to do with coffee? Coffee part of making dreams come true? I don't, I don't see it. I, I can see it. I guess but... you can, yeah. You drink coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my dream comes true of not murdering my entire workforce because I didn't get my coffee. See? Misery. If I don't drink yeah, my coffee, exactly. people well. die. <laughs> and then there was also the thing of, oh man, ELO sold out. <laughs> you, those are things that you can say when you're a teenager and your parents are paying for everything that keeps you alive and secure. Or if you're a filthy rich rock star and you really don't need all that extra money. But as for me, as an adult... I would kill to have one of my songs used in a commercial. I'm perfectly happy with sending out The Seven Never Dims or The Fife in My Life or any one of my songs about Star Treks. Put them into commercial slavery. Just bring in those royalties. Uh, yeah, especially The Seven Never Dim. That's one that you would want to bring in royalties on, definitely. Oh, that's right. You wrote most of the lyrics. You wrote the exactly. lyrics. I wrote the words in the chorus. And I wrote the music, so... Yeah, yeah, The Seven Never Dims. If anybody wants to use that in their commercials, you send those checks right away, because I got college debt that adds more to it every time I make a payment, and I'm getting tired of living in an apartment that's the size of boxcars cut in half and stacked on top of each other. I got a huge Legoland that's been in storage for like five and a half years. I'm dying to get that out and have space to set it all up, so yeah, now? Sure. Put the songs in commercials, I don't really care. And I really don't care if Jeff Lynne or ELO... From what I've seen, he owns his songs, and if a musician or artist wants their songs or whatever used in the commercial, then sure, go ahead. I have a beef with the Beatles being used, but that's because so do the Beatles and Paul McCartney. If the artist doesn't want their stuff used to sell stuff, then yeah, I'm going to get cranky about it. But if the artist says, sure, go ahead, use Ticket to the Moon to sell your refrigerator, then good for Jeff. He knows where the money is, where the money is to be made, and take advantage of it. I don't understand how Jeff Lynne could have sold out by just letting his song be used in a commercial because 
we're not talking about some underground indie band here <laughs> yeah. with about 20 fans all sitting there going, we're going to leave you, man, if you ever go with the man, man. Yeah, don't sell out to the and man. He was already, already had money coming out of yeah. every orifice. So it didn't really matter that he put it in a commercial. In fact, probably earned less from the residuals on the commercial <laughs> yeah then <laughs> from album then he did sales. just getting the money back from going in and producing people it's about the art man it's about the art also i don't think you would have had quite the elo resurgence if mr blue sky had not been used to death in a bunch of commercials i think that exactly. really sparked things off to get elo back into where everybody's like yeah man elo they're great instead of elo Aren't they that terrorist organization over there in the <laughs> Middle East somewhere? Got something to say about? Hold on tight. Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Hold on tight was the first single released from the album Time July 17 of 1981 in the UK and shortly after the same month in the US. In the United States, it climbed all the way up to number 10 on both the Billboard Hot 100 and Record World. On the Billboard Top Tracks, it got up to number 2, while on Cashbox, it got up to number 8. Did a little bit better in the UK, hitting number 4 on the singles chart. It actually got up to number 1 in Germany, Spain, and Switzerland. In other places, Austria got to number two, also got to number two on the official German charts. South Africa, it got up to number four. Ireland, number three. Belgium, also number four. Australia got up to number five. Number five as well on the Dutch top 40. On the single top 40, it did the same thing as it did in the US, getting up to number 10. New Zealand, Got up to number seven. Norway, also number seven. Sweden, again, number 10. The only place where it didn't reach the top 10 was in France, where it only got up to number 24. The song was covered by Ted Harold under the title Gib Dein Seal Niemals Auf from uh, his 1981 single. Alvin and the Chipmunks on Chipmunk Rock. James Last. Nonstop Dancing 82 hits around the world in 1982. King did his version on an album. Phil Bates on the Writing on the Wall in 2000. Wild Ride and the Blue Blazers from the Kristen album. Sunflower Orchestra and the Magic Orchestra 2003 and 2006 respectively. The ELO Experience in 2006. The Fenders on their album It's Magic in 2006. Ray Hamilton and Orchestra on the Best of the 80s 1981. Released in 2006 as well. 2007 saw the Paris Studio Orchestra and Singers on It Was 1981 Volume 3 and Lil Band of Gold on the Promised Land album in 2010. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? When you see the shadows falling near that cold wind calling Hi, I'm Cammy. A little backstory on this week's LTD's ELO parody. In November 1981, I was 12 years old, in 7th grade, and at my first school dance. A tall girl came up to me and said, 
Do you want to dance with my friend? I looked at her friend, and it was the cute girl in my science class. So, with great trepidation induced by crippling lifelong shyness, I said yes. We went to the dance area of the cafeteria at Desert Sky Junior High and danced. Don't ask me what song. I have no idea. Could have been open arms. It was a big slow dance song back then. But without a time transporter, I can't tell you for sure. The next day, Cammie Montgomery passed me a note in science class. And before class was out, we were boyfriend-girlfriend. And a couple days later, I wrote a parody of Hold On Tight called Hold On Tight, subtitled To Cammie. I recorded it in late 1982, and again for the Crime album a year later. Even though it was the early 80s, it was not Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It was closer to Leave It to Beaver. Notes were exchanged, we went to the school dances. Our first kiss wasn't until October 1983. Even after the breakup, we were still great friends. There was no bitterness, since really there was no passion. Just two kids who liked each other. We made each other laugh and got along smoothly. We drifted apart after high school, reconnected for a while after the 10-year reunion in 1997, did the 7th grade sway on the dance floor once again, then drifted apart again, then reconnected after the 20th reunion. And thanks to the internets, we stayed connected. She was the first person I interviewed early on in my first podcast series, the Eric Paul Johnson Radio Trolla Program. She forgot about the ELO parody I did about her 28 years earlier. When I played it for her, she thought it was cute and felt honored that a boy did that for her. Nobody else had written a song about her. When the Great Recession plowed over me pretty hard, she saved me from eviction a couple of times by paying me to do some writing and commercial production work for her small home-based business. She was born with heart issues, and it caught up with her on February 27, 2017, when she died just a couple weeks before her 49th birthday. She was straight up the sweetest person I have ever known. So, uh, this song carries a lot more weight for me now than as just a silly parody I did for my girlfriend when I was 13. When you get so down that you can't get up And you want so much but you're all out of luck When you're so downhearted and misunderstood Just hold on to Cammy Montgomery Well, hello, this is Troy White with a thought from Troy. I would love to leave my comment about Hold On Tight, but first, I gotta have my coffee! Bruce returns to 1981 at the time he left. He destroys all of his work on the DNA tracker and calls the band to let them know he's quitting the government gig and going full on into music. Julie happens to hear this and is delighted, but there's no time for celebration. He must get to his office and destroy his work there. Once there, they see two people rifling through his stuff, a government official from 2095 and a reprogrammed IBM Julie. A fight ensues between all four of them, until 2095 Julie shoots fire out of her arms, setting the building ablaze. Bruce kicks the briefcase with the DNA tracker secrets out of the official's hands, and into the fire just before the time transporter returns Julie and the official to 2095. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? As always, 
I loved the song. Wow, she liked it. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song by song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, assorted deli meets amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 104, epilogue. Okay, I love it. Them are like them like a lot of the times, but sometimes I don't like them. So, yeah.